Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA. Thanks, Fitz. Let's bring our quarterback here on the EA Podcast. That's Chad Pennington. Chad, what a performance by the New York Jets offense in western New York. They take down the Bills 37-31, nearly 500 yards a total offense. What did you think about the aforementioned Ryan Fitzpatrick, 24-34, 374 with the touchdown? He played a near-flawless ball game. Well, Eric, I think it's the best game he's certainly had since he's become a Jet. I just thought that in all facets of quarterback play, uh, he was on it. He made great decisions, was very efficient with his completion percentage, pushed the ball down the field not only pushed the ball down the field, but had numerous completions of uh, big plays. And so the receiving group stepped up, made play after play. It seemed like any time the Jets needed a play, a passing game stepped in for them to make that play and change field position. And then when you tack on the running game with it, I mean, it was a solid, well-rounded performance by the offense. All right, everybody's got to be listening to the Jets Podcast Network because you previewed this ball game and you told us the Jets have to make plays down the field vertically early, and they did just that. That completion to Quincy Inunua on third on third and ten on that first possession, how big was that? Well, I think it gives your uh, offense a boost of energy, uh, a little bit of confidence, especially on the road. Uh, gives you some breathing room, changes field possession, uh, field position immediately. And so uh, it's just one of those things where now you build off of that, uh, where typically in the past, you know, the Jets versus Rex Ryan Bills defense have just been struggling to get things going. It just feels like it's just a long, drawn-out process. And so to be able to do that and score on, you know, on four consecutive drives, I mean, was really impressive. And uh, it's something that the Jets ought to feel good about. I think uh, offensive coordinator Chan Gailey's got to feel delighted by what he's getting out of Inunua. That first drive, not only did he have the big reception down the sideline, he also converted another third down. And in another key play, he drew a holding penalty on Gilmore there. So Quincy helped the Jets get going in this ball game, and he finished with a career-high 92 yards receiving. Well, there's no question, and I think that that is such a huge boost for the Jets' offense, for the staff to know that they have a solid number three. And Quincy is a different type of number three uh, because he presents that challenge for defense on do you treat him as a tight end, do you treat him as a receiver, uh, do you have to be very uh, um, situational specific on how do you treat him because they can use him in so many different ways. Uh, with his size and capability. And so to see him now come to the forefront and make some big plays in a passing game, it really bodes well for the Jets. What does this mean for the quarterback out there, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the size with those top three targets? You have had, uh, when you played, you had some good targets in their own right when you're thinking about guys like Lavernius Cole, Santana Moss, Wayne Corbett, but they were all under six foot. Or well, Lavernius, yeah, well, they're all. Uh, I'd say Lavernius is not even six foot, but he played like six two. But when you look at Marshall, Decker, and now Q, those are all big guys. What does that mean for you as a quarterback? 
Well, first of all, it uh, gives you confidence that you don't have to be perfect. Typically, when you're throwing to a smaller receiver, it's a smaller target, which means your accuracy has to be even greater. Uh, with a bigger target, you know that physicality and size, if they play big, which these three receivers do, gives you a bigger target. And so if you miss a little bit, it still can be a completion. Um, I also think that with these three receivers and then you add in Jalen Marshall for, with the fourth receiver, now Fitzpatrick can really focus on just being an equal opportunity quarterback, meaning that he doesn't have to force the ball to any one uh, receiver or any certain part of the field. He can truly take a uh, drop back, make a true read of the play that's being called by Coach Gailey, and deliver the football with confidence regardless of where it goes. This is the Jets Podcast Network. You're listening to the EA Podcast. I'm joined weekly here by our quarterback, Chad Pennington. And also we get some analysis from the mad backer, Bart Scott. And also you got to listen to Laces In, a podcast I do here with fellow team reporters, Ethan Greenberg and Alex Jimel. Chad, what do you think that win meant to Ryan Fitzpatrick going back to Buffalo against a team uh, and a person, specifically in Rex Ryan, who's gave him some problems in the past, and then everybody was reminding him all week of what happened last January when the Jets had a playoff berth on the line and they couldn't finish there. Fitz had the three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Well, I think it uh, gives him uh, somewhat satisfaction. I think Ryan is experienced enough to know that uh, one game or one opponent, you know, not going to complete his season, but it just gives him another sense of confidence knowing he's crossed that hurdle. Not only did he cross it, he knocked it down and just flattened it with his performance. And so uh, I think he builds upon this, and so does the offense, and so does the team, uh, knowing that they are really starting to, to look like uh, a team that can, that can contend uh, for a playoff position. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with Derek Decker, who had another fine game. He said that we're a team that's going to rely on our defense for most of our wins, but some days, like Thursday, the offense is going to carry us. Don't you think this offense has the potential to be one of the better units in football, or am I overreacting after two games? Because I've seen these guys at work now, and with the emergence of Anunwa. And also, we're seeing what Matt Forte can bring to the table as well. I think this offense can take another step in 2016. Well, I completely agree with you. Um, I would have to um, also disagree with Eric and respectfully disagree with him. I think that this offense has the ability uh, to be a top offense in the league, uh, to be extremely productive, and to carry the torch. Um, and when you look at the last two games, um, They've been asked to do that, and they just came up just, uh, just a little bit short in the opening game against the Bengals and really came up big against the Bills. And so they have the opportunity. They have the talent, uh, the scheme. Uh, this is a really good, solid group of offensive players that could be a great offense if they stay healthy and continue to build upon the foundation that they set. Todd Bowles said big-time players make big-time plays in big games. And – Brandon Marshall goes down in the first half, and Jets Nation held their collective breath, held its collective breath as he exited, went there into the tunnel, got some medical evaluation, and then, like, he had his Willis Reed moment, came back onto the field, 
And right off the bat, Marshall wanted the ball. What does his competitive level bring to this team? Well, it's, it's important that when your best players are also your most competitive players and your toughest players, that really sets the tone for the team. Uh, it's one thing to have a gritty player that may just be an average player, and he's tough. But when your star players are tough and they show toughness and determination and fight through injuries and things, that's always good uh, for the attitude uh, of the team. And, and Brandon has done that. And I thought it was really impressive in the passing game last night that a lot of these balls that were completed down the field were actually contested balls that the Jets won. And, and a lot of times when you look at the film – the receiver was not just wide open. The, the, the defensive back was right there in a position to make a play, and Ryan had confidence in his receivers to make those plays, and the receivers made the plays. And so that's that's really good. That's that's NFL, that's professional football right there at its finest. Defensively for the second consecutive week, the Jets had some problems in the secondary with big plays. What do you think they have to do here as we move forward to get that all uh, cleared up and, and they move on as they move on here into week three? Well, they have to continue to, to make sure that they are eliminating busted coverages. Uh, as individuals, they have to continue to work on their technique in one-on-one -on -one situations when you have a scheme where you're going to pressure the quarterback and Defensive backs are going to be put in one-on-one -on -one situations. You have to win those one-on-one -on -one situations. Similar to the Buffalo Bills where they lost those one-on-one -on -one situations as a defense last night. Uh, and so uh, when you're in a defense like that where you're not going to have a lot of help, it's not going to be bracket and double coverage on a lot of receivers, you got to make sure that you win most of those battles, knowing that the offense is going to win some of them. But uh, like we said um, last week before or on Monday before, the um, game, we said that it would be down to turnovers and big plays. And unfortunately, the defense gave up two big plays that, that was 150 uh, plus yards and two touchdowns. If you take away those two big plays, um, you have a better performance and you feel much better about it. And the great thing about that is, is that that still can be fixed. And so, um, knowing that, knowing what they have, uh, those things can be remedied and uh, made sure that it's taken care of. Do you think the team showed some resilience there in the second half? They came out, uh, guns a-blazing, take that 20-7 to lead. The Bills get a late field goal before the half. It's 20-10. to Then Tyrod does something that we said he couldn't do. He got out of the pocket and in that scramble mode, found Greg Salas for a touchdown. It's 20-17. to All of a sudden, the next possession – Jalen Marshall fumbles the football. It's returned the other way by a Bills corner into the end zone, and the Jets are all of a sudden trailing 24-20 to in a game. For the most part, they had dominated. Do you like the medal they showed by responding to that? Well, there's no question because that was a time to fold and a time to uh, kind of lick your wounds, so to speak, and fold and crawl back into the shell, and they did not do that. And so... That was that was exactly what I was watching. Uh, once the Bills took the lead, 24 to 20, was how the offense would come back and respond, and that's called playing complementary football. Uh, defense has given up a couple plays. Offense gives up a turnover for a touchdown. How do you complement each other and make a big play and change the momentum? Because 
when you look at the stats up into that point, it's not even close uh, between the Jets and the Bills and who should be winning. But with a couple plays here and there, you have a team that should not be winning that is winning. And so how do you respond to that? And they responded uh, in tremendous fashion. Yeah, Marcus Williams with an interception on a third and one play as the Bills take a shot after the Jets had regained the lead. And then Sheldon Richardson came up huge on that fourth and one play as the Bills tried to get it with Shady McCoy. But uh, Sheldon showed his sheer power and also his fight there, getting off a block and making sure Shady didn't get that one yard. Well, and that was, that was a good um, stretch for the defense. And really, when you look at the game, they, they didn't give up a whole lot. It's just a couple plays. Uh, that were touchdown plays that were huge for them that changed the momentum and kind of steered the, the score into a different direction. But based upon the stats, I mean, when you look at third down, the Jets' offense, they were fantastic on third down. The defense was really good on third down. And so there were, were some really good things to hang your hat on, and that's why I say that the things that, that uh, were disappointing are still things that can be corrected. When you're talking about a quarterback scramble and the, the coverage breaks down or big plays like that, one-on-one covers, those types of things, uh, those things can certainly be corrected. You mentioned Forte. I said it was a workmanlike effort. Guy finishes with 30 carries and bottled up really early for the most part. He finishes with 100 yards and scores three times on the ground, Chad. Well, he, he's impressive. If you watch him, I love the way he runs the football. Um, he when Once he finds that one scene, he reminds me of Curtis Martin. When he finds that one scene, he hits it. There's no dancing in the hole. He's getting positive yards. Even when there's not a lot there, he's making sure there's not a negative yardage play. Uh, he really understands how to run the football effectively, and he's very patient. And so he's going to take the yards that are there, and then when he finds a crease, his touchdown run uh, toward the end of the game where he finds the crease, put the Jets up by two scores. I mean, that's quintessential forte right there, to be able to put his foot in the ground, cut off the backside blocker, and go straight north and south into the end zone. What do you think the fans should take away from the offensive lines for two weeks? We see James Carpenter go out against the Bills. Wesley Johnson, a reserve lineman, comes in and plays left guard. Uh, also... Uh, we know the alternating at right tackle continues with Ben Igelana and Brent Quale. But through two weeks, no matter who's been in the game, it seems, these guys have held up. And late, I really like the way they run the ball in the second half. Well, when you watch the last two games, uh, there hasn't been any glaring uh, weakness or glaring mistakes uh, that have shown up. You, you've seen an offensive line who has played together, who has at least stayed in front of their defenders for the most part. And that's, that's really the name of the game uh, when you're talking about the running game. At least cover up the defender to where now the running back has a two-way cut, and he'll make you right most of the time. And so they've been able to do that. They haven't had any huge negative yardage plays and sacks and things like that. And so it's really been a team effort with the run game as well as the pass game. Fitzpatrick getting rid of the football, receivers making plays and the offensive line keeping the quarterback clean. Uh, they've, they've been solid, and it's been impressive because, you, like you have said, there's been some moving parts, and there still are moving parts. They're essentially playing six linemen for five positions, which is very, very difficult to do. But uh, that is uh, certainly a tribute to those six guys of being versatile and being able to step in and play any time their number is called. 
Just how critical was that victory for the Jets now that they've moved to one-on-one? -on -one? They beat Buffalo, a team who had uh, beaten them five straight, Chad, who ended their playoff hopes last season. And also, now you're 1-0 in the division, and, oh, yeah, it's a road win, too. Well, like I said, you know, I thought the Bengals' opening game was huge for the Jets, um, but uh, this game was definitely yeah, That's where the season uh, was at an apex, I think, early. And I know it's early, and I know there's still 14 games to play, but to, to go 0-2 is such a difficult hole. Um, and now, uh, with it being a Thursday night game and you get a win, you essentially have a bye weekend where players can get healthy, you can remain fresh mentally, and then take these next four games. We said at the beginning of the season, the six-game stretch was relatively difficult. So now that they came out of the gates, they're one-on-one, -one, they've got a, a, a mini-buy, so to speak, uh, for these next four games, they can really focus in and, and hone in on these four games, which is a difficult stretch. Can we clarify something about Ryan Fitzpatrick's arm strength? Because uh, you're the perfect guy to talk to about this. That Everybody talks about what Ryan Fitzpatrick is not that he's not Aaron Rodgers, that he's not Ben Roethlisberger. But that doesn't mean he can't be one of the top upper echelon quarterbacks in this league. He's not going to be Tom Brady. We all know that. But surrounded by this personnel, I think he proved some points Thursday by getting the ball down the field a number of times uh, against a Bills defense that dared him to. You know, Coach Parcells always said that quarterbacks are graded on three things. First, you've got to hit what you're aiming at, meaning you have to be accurate. Second, you have to avoid disasters, meaning you have to make good decisions and keep your team out of negative plays and turnovers. And three, you have to get your team in the end zone. And those three things of that Hall of Fame coach, there's nothing about arm strength. And uh, my question to anybody who want to compare He's not an Aaron Rodgers. or been, There's only one Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's Aaron Rodgers but Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's Ben Roethlisberger in the league but Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, to sit there and say that, well, he's not this or that, nobody else is either. And you have to respect what he's been able to do with his skill set and, and the type of performances that he's been putting uh, together. And last year's performance in a full season uh, was extremely respectable. And now he is really in a good place right now, both mentally and physically as a quarterback. This uh, roster, when you look at it, and you've seen it through two weeks, and I don't want to, and you're not going to do it. We got the perfect person not to overreact. But looking at the way they played in the first two weeks and, and taking into account offense, defense, and special teams, this to me looks like one of the better rosters in the National Football League. Well, it certainly has the potential. Uh, I think the great thing about the NFL is that it's, so versatile and so competitive, that can change in, in a matter of days and weeks. And then within one week, it, it can all change based upon injuries and things like that. But as far as starting off and feeling good about where your team is, I think Jet fans need to feel good about that. They should. I know I certainly do. And, and now that I've seen the performance that we saw last night in Buffalo with the Jets offense, I think these next four games uh, where it looked extremely daunting at the beginning of the season, I think these next four games, although it's difficult, it's certainly a challenge that this team can handle. And there's no reason in my mind why they could not come out of this 
six-game stretch at four and two or even five and one and put together five straight wins. They are capable of doing that. They certainly are. Whether or not it happens uh, remains to be seen, but there's no question that they can come out uh, with a winning record after six games. Put yourself in Fitzpatrick's shoes this weekend. Do you get away from it all? Do you, you got five kids just like yourself. He's got a number of kids. You know, Fitzy's got five kids. You're always busy with your sons. Or do you watch Kansas City on Sunday? Do you give yourself a break? What do you do? Well, I think that's all, you know, up to the individual. Um, typically, even when it's early in the season, you may not get away from it all because it's still early, and so you, you don't you don't feel like you're in a grind yet because of the newness of the season. But he may do that. Um, we're all different in how we react and respond to those situations. But I'm I'm sure he will at least pay attention um, to what's going on around the league, including the Chiefs. And, and I know that this team's got to be excited for this challenge. Uh, this is another big challenge for them that they're quite capable of taking on, and and uh, now they have 10 days to prepare for that. So uh, that's certainly within their favor. If you're a Jets fan, you're going to pay special attention to that Dolphins-Patriots game? I know it's very early in the season, but, uh, you know, just looking at the schedule and, and where the Pats are at, scoring that huge win over Arizona last week, I got Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, Rob Gronkowski started off uh, inactive for the Patriots. It'll be interesting if uh, the Dolphins can put up a fight this weekend. It is, and, and I think that AFC fans and, and Jet fans will be watching that game, and I think the Dolphins are very capable of going up and scoring the upset there. Um, they played a very competitive ball game against the Seahawks in Seattle, which we all know is a difficult place to play. And Seattle had to score at the end of the game uh, to beat the Dolphins. And so if the Dolphins can play that type of defense uh, that they played against Seattle, and then the offense can get going with Coach Gates and Ryan Tannehill, uh, they certainly have an opportunity to go up into Foxborough and, and beat them. I think, um, you know, you have to get over the fact that you're playing the Patriots. I don't think if you walk in there thinking that this is a different week, I think you're already beaten before you started. You need to go in and say, this is another game. This is an AFC East opponent. Um, yes, they had a big win, but all of these teams are capable of being beaten on any Sunday. And even in Foxborough, uh, the three wins that I was uh, lucky to be a part of against the Patriots, they were all uh, in Foxborough. So uh, they can be beaten there, and this is certainly a big game for the Dolphins. You're listening to the EA Podcast. I'm Eric Allen, Insider Studios, joined by our quarterback, Chad Pennington. We're also joined weekly by the mad backer, Bart Scott, and also laces in as our three reporters get together, myself, Ethan Greenberg, and Alex Jime. I'll take a listen to each of those podcasts on the Jets Podcast Network. Final question for you, Chad. Tell everybody what you're doing this weekend because you might be retired, but it sounds like you're busier than ever. <laughs> well, I'm certainly busy. Uh, I've got the privilege and honor to attend the Cleveland Browns Legends Breakfast tomorrow for the NFL Legends community to uh, talk to the former uh, Browns players about the NFL Legends community and, and how – uh, the league and the community is doing everything it can to serve its former players and give them programs and resources to assist them and their families in their transition away from football. So that will be a lot of fun in Cleveland tomorrow at 830. And then I'll be traveling back down to Kentucky for a, a, a 10 under uh, Packle football game in Frankfurt 
Kentucky with my 10-year-old. And then on Sunday, I have six flag games to coach. So uh, it is football uh, basically seven days a week uh, until the end of October for the Pennington family. But we enjoy it. I love what the game of football brings to my kids and my family as well as what it, how it helps develop uh, young men and young boys. Uh, with the great lessons that it teaches, so we do enjoy it. You know you're teasing Jets Nation when you say uh, you got six flag football games on Sunday because you know what they're thinking. Is Chad going <laughs> to be coaching? You're coaching right now, but you're happily coaching youth football, flag football as well. Absolutely. I am coaching. I'm happily coaching, uh, but I'm not interested in uh, getting into the grind of professional and college coaching. I'm going to keep it simple and uh, keep those checks coming in with that say all zeros on them uh, for the volunteer coaching that I do. <laughs> hey, uh, Darius Rucker, are you a fan? He did a great job with the National Anthem Thursday night. I am a fan. I've always been a fan of Darius, even when he was with Hootie and Buzz. He's always had a great voice and loved his music and, and what they do, so I'm definitely a fan of Darius Rucker. Yeah, I guess we're both dating ourselves because, uh, yeah, Hootie and the Blowfish, I grew up with them as well. And Chad Pennington. Uh, get some rest this weekend when you can, and good luck in your flag football games. We look forward to catching up with you again next week. All right, EA, thanks so much.